We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I should be a lot angrier than I am about this loss. I spent a lot of the weekend kind of just in emotionally null and void territory. Yeah. I don't know if that's just denial. I don't know if I have just... I just refuse to allow myself the fury, but like probably the second interception by Joe Flacco is when the, uh, when, when the feelings just went dead. That's just when all of a sudden I stopped feeling really anything that like for the first half, I'll be really honest with you. It's the first time Vanessa ever saw playoff Nick Wilson because in 2020, she just she just wasn't in the house either with the Pittsburgh game or the Kansas City game. Right. So this was really her first entree into what a psychopath I get in the playoffs. I, I think it's almost better for my marriage that the game was over about six minutes into the third quarter because I really – you can tell when somebody foundationally changes the way they look at you – and one half in, Vanessa was warning the kids like they were village people on an un- oncoming Godzilla onslaught. Yeah, it, it was not great, man. We went to a, to a friend's house to watch the game, and there was probably like maybe 15 of us or something, a bunch of couples and a lot of kids. Kids just running around having a good time. And, and uh, you know, everyone's wearing their Browns gear, and we're super pumped up. And obviously, the way the game started was not great. But then the Browns come back to take the lead. And it's like, oh, you're so excited. You're like, oh, we're going to win this game. And then, like explosive play after explosive play defensively. And it was just absolutely garbage. I mean, for a defense that has been so good this year to just absolutely flat out no show in the playoffs, it's just so disappointing. So it's, it's funny uh, going into the half. I was like, well, the defense has never played worse than this. I mean, think about it. Like, well, I shouldn't say never, but this is as bad as the defense could play. They didn't pressure at all. Not not just they didn't pressure consistently. They didn't pressure at all. They did not cover well. Um, the amount of five-yard-plus um, cushion that almost every Texans offensive player got yesterday or got, got on Saturday was almost almost poetic. Like, it, you have to try to be in that soft of coverage for that kind of game, you didn't really stop Boy, the run. Greg, Greg Newsom had a rough game. MJ had a rough MJ game. MJ had a rough game. Really, everybody in the secondary had a rough game. And There's one know, guy that had a good game on, on defense. Yeah, and he wears number zero. Yeah, it was, it was JOK, who, by the way, thank you. Thank you, JOK. Busted his ass, man. Yeah, I mean, just played tough, played physical, never really gave up. I, that Just thank you for that, JOK, because every time I wanted to scream into a pillow – there was JOK making a play, and I felt a little bit better. Yes. But they didn't stop the run. They didn't cover. They didn't pressure. They did nothing well. And at the half, I was like, wow, they're only down 10 points. And then I, I, I looked felt over. Like, I felt like they had a chance. And then you just can't throw back-to-back pick sixes. And look, Flacco, he didn't have a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he made some really great throws, by the way. Yeah. But, boy, I, I almost at times felt bad for him because, you know, when Batonio comes down, he comes back in the game, Hudson went down, you're you're like 
barely able to keep this guy upright. And we know how immobile he is. So if he doesn't have any time, like it, he and he didn't. And so it was just an absolute ugly performance. Well, and I think that's where, like at half, I was like, well, the defense isn't going to play that bad again. I was wrong. But the defense isn't going to play that bad again. And then I looked over and saw that Joe Flacco had played a clean game in the first half. And I remember, I remember thinking, one of these two things is going to give. Either the Browns defense is going to wake up and they're just going to take off and it's going to be, you know, the the Browns are going to come out inexplicably with a win. It'll be like it was most of the regular season. It'll be like the Baltimore game. Yeah. Or that the other side was going to give and that was Joe Flacco. And it ended up being the other side. And it's funny, like, as we continue to have conversations about that game, I still can't tell whether whether it was less heartbreaking that they just got the ever-loving crap kicked out of them or whether it would have been less heartbreaking if it was the typical Cleveland mm-hmm. last-second runoff win or last-second Hail Mary touchdown that turns into seven points in a win. I, I tend to think this was the most heartbreaking way you could lose because you just did. I mean, you just didn't have a chance. You were not in it at the end. You were not in it really at the end of the third quarter and I think that's I think that's so much worse than if you just lost by like a, a walk off field goal, yeah, or if you just C.J. Stroud threw a seventy yard touchdown to win the game. This one, like, I don't care. I okay, I care that they lost. I do. I care more. And if I have any anger, anything other than numbness, the thing that I I feel for Dustin, yeah. is the fact that you got boat raced. Yeah, it was so disappointing. I could have taken like losing on a last second field goal or, you know, just give me a close game. Like mm-hmm. I felt like midway, th- not even midway, like right at the start of the third quarter, like the game was over and I just darn near wanted to turn the TV off. Yeah, I well, and it's funny. I never would have thought, you know, I had a even after the game was pretty much decided there in the fourth quarter, I had a couple times just like I got to I got to shut this off. I can't do this. And I kind of forced myself simply because it was the last game. Yeah. I didn't get anything from watching those final six minutes of clock time, eight minutes of clock time. And here's, listen, I'm not going to spend the next two and a half hours going scorched earth. All right. This is one of those ones where like when you're a kid and you do something and it ends up hurting yourself in the way that that is uniquely shameful and embarrassing and horrendous. And your parents just take mercy on you. Your parents are like, I could yell at you. I could ground you and 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 lock you in your cell for the rest of your life. Or I could just say, we've all been there and I love you and this too shall pass. I'm going to try and take that. But let me just tell you. Way to not show up. I mean, what the hell was that? It, it was it like, was it was an absolute no show. I and, just and like really by the defense. That's what's so disappointing is that nobody showed up. And, like, I know we're going to question a million different things this week as we go, but it's like, the, should I say it? I don't know what you're going to say, so sure. Okay. I feel like they were rusty. Yeah. And I yeah. felt like t- taking that week off may have hurt them. I, so it's weird because after we got over the Cincinnati game, I didn't talk nearly enough about rust because every time we talked about it, I tend to get, I, I got shouted down by uh, 
people on this show, and more importantly, fans, they just didn't want to hear it. And so I kind of just let it be last week because it was playoff week and everything's fine and everything's going to be fine. And who really knows about this Russ thing? And they came out and they were limp linguini on the field. Like, honestly, that is as soft as they came out. And and what I soft as Charmin. Well, and what upset what's upsetting is this was a moment for the defense to finally get the attention they deserved. And they I know it mattered to them, but they didn't play like it mattered to them, and they never woke up. Like, I honestly, if if you had just woken up, even in spite of the big turnovers in the second half by Joe, you're still losing that game because of the way the first Why half went. Why can't that Goodson kid catch that first down against I, the Colts? I just... For the Colts. I mean, like, we're not losing to the Colts like that. Yeah, you are. No, we're not. Yeah, you're losing to anybody like that. No, nah, you're not. Yeah, because I... So, I, I want to walk a line here. The Texans did win. Yeah, this Str- is, Stroud is pretty stupid. Guy. This is not a case where... You know, oh, you more lost it than they won it. Nope. Nope. But as impressively as they won it, you impressively lost it. And I just, I, it, what, what was so antithetical about that game to this entire year. And I know that they started slow defensively on the, you know, I, I do know that there were some trends that came up here. And, you know, I, I think they look like a team that had lost their edge a little bit. Maybe that goes into the rust thing here. But what I do find so frustrating is you just didn't bother to show up. Like a team that had been the epitome of fight all year long. And I mean, it didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter. They, at no point did they ever smell their own bleep this season. They walked into that that town. They walked into Houston. Like, that's all they did. Like, they had been huffing poo particles uh, of their own brand ever since the end of the Jets game. And I just, I'll be honest with you, this is one of those ones where I like, I think you're better off calling out the people who didn't disappoint you on Saturday because the, the list of people who did, mm-hmm. it is it is a scroll. It is a Dead Sea scroll. It is multiple scrolls because how nobody, like it's it's that Titanic thing. How did nobody see the iceberg coming? Because that's the thing. You and I, we're going to see, okay, how have they played recently? Well, we didn't have a frame of reference for that. So you got to take the whole thing advantage here, right? We don't have any beaten practice. Like, they knew. They knew. I'm going to go full. I forget what the uh, what the Mark Ruffalo uh, movie is. But they knew. There's no way you couldn't have felt that coming. And for a, for a coaching staff that had played all the right notes all season long, it just sounded like the brown note yesterday, right? For a team that had found its way into games time after time after time after falling behind, they just never did. And that sucks way more than just losing. That, then, by the way, this isn't same old Browns. That's the thing. Like, oh, well, no, 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 no. When the Browns have lost, they were trying to win. This was a game where they didn't know how to try to win in the playoffs, and that means it is a total systemic failure across everybody in the organization. <sighs> where do we go from here? You mean today, or do you mean, I mean like just o- in general? Overall? I mean, I guess today. I think we go to the two twenty segment. I think that's okay. We're going. We go there. Take some phone two, calls. Two one six four seven four double o nine two. So we're, we're just going to throw everything on the table here. We're going to bring in 
Any any thoughts you guys have in the game, give us a call or at Nick Wilson says at Dustin Fox 37 on X social media reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Why did the Browns come out soft? Why did this go this absolute specific way? Breaking down the Browns lost to the Texans and really it just comes to like he just didn't show up. And I just and honestly, like that was one of the every time we talked about this game, it was well, they got to show up because it's the playoffs, right? Because if you think back to uh, the Rams and Broncos games, defensively, they weren't as crisp early in those games. Uh, you think back to the first half of the Baltimore game, and yes, there were, you know, Deshaun did not have a great first half in that, but there were just some moments where the defense let up plays we were not used to. Even going back to that wonky indie game where with P.J. Walker, you get on the board, Right. Oh, no, 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 no. Deshaun throws the interception right out of the gate. And then it just ended up being the wonkiest game in history. I don't, I'd like number one question moving forward is why the hell can't this defense be the same defense on the, uh, at uh, away from home? Cause I, I don't know. Like that it, there's no, this isn't like the NBA. Ah, oh, well your bench always plays better at home. That's not really like. Oh, is that the same thing for uh, your role players? Because here's the problem. It wasn't the role players. It was Greg Newsom who had a pretty rough uh, day on Saturday. It was MJ Emerson. Rough day. Denzel didn't have the best day. Miles, like it was your best players. It, it, it just doesn't make sense that your defense would just be that dramatically different and that soft when it was so physical and unrelenting at home. Yeah, I, I don't get it, man. There's no way the split should be that bad where you're you're playing so much better at home as opposed to away. I mean, I get the home field advantage and the crowd and all that stuff, but, like, come on, what are we doing? 2-1-6. I, I think a lot of it has to do with your opponent, Nick. I mean, like, every time this year when we played a team that did a lot of the RPO stuff and really did a lot of misdirection, our defense, their eye control is god-awful, and when you play all that man coverage, guys just end up running scot-free. So the crazy thing about that is there's no more team that exemplifies what you just said than the team that Bobby Slowick came from. They're, they're, uh, the Texans offensive coordinator was San Francisco. So if you look back at that San Francisco game, and now this is where it's probably fair to say, well, that was at home. One of the things that they prided themselves in, something Jim Schwartz talked a lot about and that the the DBs talked a lot that Jim Schwartz had, had, had talked about was simplifying your, your eye line and simplify where you're looking so you don't get distracted by all the misdirection and all the movement. Correct. So it's weird that they would have against what I think is one of the best offenses in the NFL with Brock Purdy and CMC and Debo Samuel and Ayuk and George Kittle, the – that you would have maybe one of your best defensive performances of the year where the defense is the reason that you won. And then every opportunity after that, you just got abused with misdirection. And I just, I, I, you kind of have to reconcile that this off season. Cause I'll also say like, they didn't really celebrate. They did not play with energy or excitement. The only guy that did was JOK. Yeah, well, Every time he made a play, he got up and he's like just getting everyone fired up and no one else seemed to have that intensity. Yeah, and I think, you know, even when they were making a decent player too early in that game, yeah. it was still okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't it it, it looked like to go full Jim Schwartz, it looked like a loaf everywhere around. Oh, 
so bad. And I just, that is, that's where it was really frustrating. Why? Why in this specific game did they come out flat energy-wise? Because matchup-wise, guys, C.J. Stroud's a really good quarterback. Like, really good. Like um, I think he may enter the season next year considered like a top-five quarterback. I think that's fair. I think Nico Collins, who is, what, fifth? Oh, my God. Every, he just open up everywhere, just picked apart the defense. I mean, it, hell, the one that, that uh, Stroud unloaded, I mean, he had his defender beat by like five yards. And after watching them, I would not have been upset to lose to them. The way maybe yeah. I would have been going into that game, the, the Texans 100% earned my respect. It is just you couldn't pair a bad matchup or a matchup where the quarterback knows what you're going to do with with just coming out flat and not having energy. That's just – that to me is where it's just tough to reconcile how you couldn't have either seen it coming or how at no point did a team that played with this much energy and heart all year seemingly just not have it on, to that point, the most important game day of the year. Let's go with Randy. Randy, welcome to the show. What you got for us? Hey, good afternoon, guys. What's up, Randy? Good afternoon, bud. Hey, yeah. So to start, I would say all things considered, I mean, we had a great year in my opinion. I mean, the injuries that we endured throughout the year, some of the drama with the quarterback situation, to finish a season with 11 wins, I would say is a heck of an accomplishment, especially in the division that we played in. Uh, but at the same time, I think two things can be true, that Saturday was definitely a huge disappointment. I mean, the defense especially, they were just completely exposed. I don't know if they were overconfident based on how they played the Texans on Christmas Eve, even though it was a different quarterback. But I think it was Miles that said it at the end of the game that they picked a bad day to have a bad day. Um, you know, in that third quarter, we were kind of still in it. Uh, 24-14, we were driving, have a chance to maybe cut it to 24-21 with a touchdown until that pick six essentially ended it. But honestly, I got to say, even if we did score a touchdown there, I still don't think we win that game because the Texans' offense, they were two steps ahead of our defense that entire day. And there was nothing I saw all game to think that we stood a chance in stopping them. So, also, I don't know if Cooper got hurt or what. I know he came up limp. Like I think one of his first catches of the game but um, when David Bell is our leading receiver on the day, I mean, you know something isn't right. So I got to say it was a really fun year. I mean, that last month and a half with Flacco was a blast. But with all the momentum that, momentum that we had going into the playoffs, it just seems like we were destined for more than a first-round blowout. So that's just a huge bummer with how it ended. But, I mean, overall, I, I think this team is still set up well to be competitive in the next couple of years. So those are my thoughts. Uh, you guys have a good day and go Browns. Randy, go Browns. We appreciate you. I mean, I think there's something to be said about it not looking the way you thought a loss might look. Like the fact that you did get blown out, and it there's just something about it. It's less that oh we and I I think we were all pretty confident about this and getting this win, but I think it was more that like I I said to start the show. I'm still relatively numb about this. I'm not as I mean, I'm angry, but I'm not like I'm not like ah, fire Stefanski. I'm not ah, trade Miles or you know. There's definitely some criticism out there that I think has been fair. I think there's some that has been unfair. But for me, the most disappointing thing was this was special, and I just wasn't ready for it to end. Nobody was, and so had, now, they, had like, they limped into the playoffs. Like I, I guess we could have accepted this, but they entered the playoffs with all the momentum. Yeah, and looking back, like. From that Jets game, it was just kind of quiet. 
And I don't mean like just organize. This is not like a, a thing of the organization. It's I think we were all hurry up and wait. And I do think like I, I I feel like if we're feeling that way as fans, I would imagine that's kind of the way they had to feel in the organization. You know what I mean? Just like oh well, here's another. Well, we got to play this weekend. The game means nothing, at least to some, like Keith Britton, the assassin. Um, you know, well, oh, uh, we but now we got a Saturday game. Like I just. It just it felt like that tremendous momentum that they had had was upended, and I don't even know that they know it. Honestly, you know, I've said this like, well, you had to have known. Maybe they didn't know because they seemed, after the game, they seemed as surprised, shell-shocked might be the better word, and that it just continues to add a, another level of doubt. But again, like I said, like I, I'm numb because this isn't the way it was supposed to end, even if this thing was always destined to end in Houston. It just stinks because that team seemed so galvanized by their rookie head coach, by their rookie quarterback, the defense. Like I felt like every time we threw a pass or whether it be a screen pass or whatever, it doesn't matter, there were like eight blue jerseys everywhere. I mean, th that team ran around like their hair was on fire, like the Browns had done for the majority of the season, especially at home, and we just didn't see it from our guys. And we've got better players. Do you think that there is an element for the Browns that they thought to themselves, that's okay, we're going to get back into this? Like, almost like they got too comfortable mm -hmm. with being that far behind in games and that they never really felt the heat of the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's 100% fair. Where does that belong? Where, I, mean, like, I think where it belongs, does... belongs on a few, in a few places. Number one, I think you, you have to, to blame Kevin Stefanski. You have to blame Jim Schwartz, and you certainly have to blame the leaders of this football team. I think this thing is set to be about the players, right? Play, player empowerment is a big thing for Kevin Stefanski. Every time it feels like we get to these moments, though, this thing happens. And I don't, again, I don't want to make it a huge, like, it's still a great locker room. These dudes played their asses off. Big picture, there's still so many good things to take away from this. We can get into that. But it just feels like the the thing that had guided you all year long, which was your heart, your focus, next man up, to lose that and to just get comfortable being down 10 points to where 10 points turned into 24 points real damn quick, I just yeah. I, I don't know how you move on from that. I don't know how you look at that and say, oh, well, we know what we need to fix next year or we know where we got it wrong this year or what we can do better next year. Right. Uh, do you have to be in Greenbrier an extra two days? Is that going to help? <laughs> like, because we they maybe, maybe we should have went to Greenbrier prior to the game. I don't know. They, you know what? They should have spent all week leading up to the meaningless Cincinnati game. Just hanging out in West, just, in West Virginia. Not even the Greenbrier. Just any West Virginia town. Yeah, All right. Just go to go to uh, go to Morgantown. Yeah. You know, you could go to um, Parkersburg. Yep. Charleston. Yep. It's right across the river there. Yeah. Uh, Parkersburg. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They'd love to have you. They'd love to have you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go with... It's not to have anybody. Nick. Welcome to the show, Nick. What you got for us? Family or friends. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, so before I say 
uh, what I think went wrong with the negatives. I just got to say the positives here. I, you know, what a great season. I mean, I remember when that Nick Chubb injury happened, I was so down. I'm like, you know, I'm like, if they could just make the playoffs this year, I'll call it a good season. But then when you saw the Watson injury, and I know you guys are probably hearing this over and over again, and then when you saw the whole team kind of just looked like they were falling apart, but we saw the opposite results during the game, I thought, can they just please go 9-8? and eight? But no. I mean, they won 11-6, and six, and I get it, though. The playoff game was horrible, and um, here's what I think went wrong. So, you know, the injuries, I think, took a toll because I think it was the momentum that kept them going. And if you look at the first two quarters, the Browns did a pretty good job. Now, I know the defense missed some big tackles, and that's what really hurt them the first and second half, but, um, you know, you have to look at the score, the score before halftime. I mean, we were only down by three. We were doing our job. I think we were doing somewhat okay, but then – um, another big thing is the turnovers. You know, Flacco, so much respect for that guy. He played his butt off for us. But we have to admit, every game that he played, he, he had a lot of turnovers. There was games, didn't he have three against the Bears? I mean, I love the guy, but you have to factor that in for this game. And then you have to go for uh, playing Houston on the road the second time. I mean, and not only that, but the Browns were more shaken up. I mean, you had Denzel Ward shaken up. You had, um, who else? I mean, Batonio went out. I mean, so I, I get it. There, there's, it was a very ugly loss, but I just think this is one of those things where we're going to shake it off as time goes on, and I think we have a lot forward to, a lot, of, a lot to look forward to next year. Nick, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you very much. Um, I don't buy the injuries in this game. Laramie Tunsil got banged up. They had multiple injuries throughout the game. Um do I think they mattered some? Yes. Do I think they mattered to you getting beat by 31 points? No. I, I think those things might have caught up with you in a three-point game. This was a 31-point game. And and to not to correct you, Nick, because I make my own mistakes here, but uh, it was a 10-point deficit at the half. And honestly, you were down 10 points when Flacco started throwing the interceptions. The defense never came up with any sort of game-winning plays to get you back in the game. So, like, I, I I don't know if this is a hot take. I absolved Joe Flacco of this game turning into a rout because this game was not as close as the 24-14 to lead at half would tell you. It was close in score only. The Browns' defense massively let you down. And if, if I'm going to praise them and call them the number one defense in the NFL, and that was a big reason why we thought they could win a title this year or at least go to the AFC title game, if we're going to praise you when it's good, we got to tell you that was unacceptable. That was a pitiful performance specifically by the defense. Pretty much anybody not named JOK. And what an awful way to sort of limp into the postseason. You know, everything was going so well, and then this happens. And it's not just the loss, man. It's how it happened. Yeah, it's it's just it's just it, not. It, 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 I sat with with Browns fans who were and they were all saying that this exact same thing. They're like, you know what, this team quit. It kind of felt and, and like I, that. And I hate saying that about about professional players because you're in the playoffs. Like, it's really tough to say you quit, but it kind of felt like they did, especially in the second half. As embarrassing as the Saturday afternoon debacle was, the forty-five to fourteen slacking by the Texans. This didn't happen. Um, Cowboys edge rusher Sam Williams 
had posted before yesterday's game on uh, Instagram about him and Kevontae Turpin hosting a Cowboys victory party at a club after the game only to have the Cowboys at home. At home. Lose by 16. Dusted by the Packers. And and in reality. It should have been like 30. It should have been 30. Jordan Love just completely cooked him up. And by the way. Sliced. Uh, it's it's been about six games now, seven straight games. Welcome to the elite club, Jordan Love. Because to do that in the playoffs, he'd been doing it in the regular season. He's why they got into the playoffs. Like Jordan Love has, has proven he's the starter there long term. But to do that on the road in the playoffs in a spot like Dallas was pretty funny. Like just all all like the amount of Browns fans yesterday who said, and I quote, "You know this make me feel better." And it wasn't just that. I saw it during the Miami game. Yeah. When Miami, I mean, just had, could do nothing against the the Chiefs. And the Chiefs played sloppily. That was a lot of weather. Like, you could see it kind of, in, the, the weather was impacting Mahomes, you know, the trajectory of his passes. They still got their booties beat. So, I don't know if it helped me as much, but I definitely think there was a fair amount of people who said, well, at least we're not the Dolphins, or at least we're not the Cowboys. That's fair. I mean, the Dolphins, I mean, come on. What, Tua couldn't even throw a pass in that game. Yeah. You know his record in games under 70 degrees? I think he's, if I remember this correctly, he's like 6-14. and 14. That's not good. No, it's <laughs> not. Yeah. By the way, brutal. Just brutal cold. Yeah. I, are, do we know if the videos of the water bottles freezing in 30 seconds, was that legit because that looked like some CGI AI BS? I have no idea. Did you see the beers after five minutes? I did, where they, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine paying $20 for a beer in that way? Also, beer is not what I'm drinking at uh, minus nine degree temperature. What are you drinking? Uh, a hot, hot cocoa, toddy? Hot cocoa. Um, Bringing your Baileys with you? My own misery. <laughs> like When it's that cold. I still remember that Thursday night football Pittsburgh game. Mangini won it. It, I think, either knocked them out of the playoffs or put them behind the eight ball, the, the Steelers, for the playoffs. I remember it was so cold. I, I've told the hand warmer story where they had to tell everybody, uh, please don't put this on your junk. That, But I remember at, in between every quarter, we'd go get hot chocolate to like warm our hands up mm-hmm. and it would, it would warm kind of the interior of your hand, but because you had your glove off, the rest of your hand would freeze. Oh my God. No, thank you. But no, I mean, honestly, here's the other way. Dallas and Miami uh, losing. I saw no talk of the Cleveland Browns loss on any national platform. That's like five minutes. It was like, yeah, Browns got lost and got thumped by the Texans. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. All right. Back to Dallas. That game was – I actually had a funny feeling before that game. I thought the Packers were going to win. I just didn't quite pull the trigger. I took the seven. I took the seven, too. Yeah. You know, the only thing that – so I actually had a $25 parlay that would have won me 800 bucks. I picked the wrong Packers receiver. For what, a touchdown? Uh, touchdown and 50-plus yards. I, I, I thought about either Wicks or uh, Romeo Dubes, and instead – you know who I took? Is it Dubs? Dubs, him too. Dobbs, actually. Him too. Sure about that? Sure um, about that? I, no. I took I took I took Reed, who had, I think, one yard. It's the only thing. No touchdown. And at, at, like Luke Musgrave, here's a touchdown for you. Um Dobbs, 
here's a touchdown for you and 100 plus yards. Everybody else got it. Last name's pronounced Dobbs. Him too. Jim, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hello, hey, Jim. Fellas. How you guys doing? Doing well, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, you guys asked, you know, where do we go from here? Um, you know, I'm looking forward to next year. We always say as Browns fans, well, you know, there's always next year. I, I hope we can get Flacco back here with Watson, uh, and it would be a double-headed monster. Their football IQ put together – a uh, healthy team with Chubb. I, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm excited for next year. Um, and not like it was when Odell tried to hype us up. That was hocus pocus. I'm hoping we get uh, get back in playoffs next year, fellas. So appreciate taking my call. Jim, appreciate. I actually would say the person who fares the best because of the playoff loss is probably Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure Deshaun was was hoping the Browns would win the game. But, like, boy, a lot of pressure came off him after this game. Yeah, I mean, if if they had even been to the divisional round, not only is the Joe Flacco thing more of a conversation, but the expectations would be raised for next year. Yep. And so, uh, assuming that Deshaun's back with a healthy shoulder and that's everybody said they're – the Browns went out of the way to say we're back to Deshaun now. So, with all that being said, you go to the AFC title game this year with Joe Flacco, the expectation would have been to win a Super Bowl next year. And by the way, the expectation still might be to win a Super Bowl next year, given the way that this went. Let's go with Cliff. Cliff, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, no excuses. I'm tired of them. Um, I'm an old, old soul here. But uh, I thought the Browns might lose this game. And as a coach, track coach, and as a football coach, I know about momentum in teams, and in, and in baseball, you have a little of it, but in football, you have a lot of it because it's a game of emotion. When they set out those guys for not just the Cincinnati Bengals game, but when they had almost a two-week layoff because they played on a Thursday, I knew this team was in trouble, and, and guess what? They start the year for the last four years sitting guys, and they don't get off to a good start. And then you add to that, the change in summer workouts, and then they ended the year by losing momentum with these guys. And I told my buddy, these guys are going to come out flat. If the Browns continue to do this, and under the head coach they do, they're not going to have a winning season because they're going to start their season about week six and going to be behind the eight ball, like one and four, two and four, whatever. So I'm, I'm just telling you, their players are great. Their coach is great. But if there's any front office interference causing them to sit guys for almost two weeks, we're to see this next year. And guess what, guys? If they do this next year, I'm going to call back and just remind you, not that I was right, but that the Browns were wrong. Thanks, guys, for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Cliff, we appreciate you, buddy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.